Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Born and thrive. Man. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to talk after that one. Some of us are like, what, what happened, yo? <laughs> wow. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to get out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay that God does something different. And we just get out of the way. We just get out of the way. And uh, even now, I just sense just a presence of God in this room. I'm going to do my best to try to give a message, but yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, I was talking with a couple of the staff members right now, just as we were walking off. And uh, uh, just to shout out what Pastor Matt was saying, uh, we, we, we did our prayer meeting on Friday. We're doing prayer again this Friday. We're going to start a new series today on prayer if we can get to it. And I just think that something God is stirring in this house right now. I, I think for me, I want to take this moment because I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Holy Ghost guy. I want you to know that. Like, I'm, I am. If you don't know that, now you know, okay? Like, I'm, I, believe, I believe in what just happened. I believe that that's not supposed to be weird, but that's supposed to be normal. I believe that the church is only alive because of the Holy Spirit, and unless we give him room, we're dead, okay? And it doesn't have to look like that every week, but it also doesn't have to be weird. I'm trying to walk some of you through this because some of you are newer to this Jesus thing, I know as well. But, but here's my point, and I think this is just the point that I think God wants to make before we get into whatever we're going to talk about. I don't ever want to also get in the place where I get complacent when moments like that happen. Meaning, meaning that I would just be like, oh, yeah, that's just, that's just normal. In the sense of where there's an arrogance of our heart. Family, I, w- I want us to lean in to when God interrupts us in our lives like that moment. Because this is my heart, is that that's not a Sunday thing. That's Jesus and you in your life thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's something about, right, we've been talking about being a praying church, a presence-centered church, a church that's for the lost. That's the thing that I want God to invade your family. That's what just happened right now. That's what I want God to do in your house when you're putting your kids to sleep at night. That's what I want God to break out in your car on the way to work. That's the stuff. And then even greater and even deeper. That's the stuff. And I believe that really it is a byproduct I was just texting Pastor Ben about this right now. A byproduct of a church and a people that are focused on the presence of God and going after Jesus and that are pre- presence center. And so I want to I acknowledge that because I think so quickly, uh, especially because we live in that Instagram, TikTok, Facebook culture, we can be so caught up with what's next, but we don't realize what God's doing right now. That's a whole word for someone, but that's another sermon for another time. We could be so caught up with what we want God to do. We're, we're not realizing what God is doing. Come on now. Even if it doesn't seem like how we thought it would. And I just want to believe that in these moments where God does things like what he did just right now, that we would just say, Jesus, we just want more of you. Yes. Yes. 
I want you to know that if you're going to go here to this church, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have cool things, but I don't care about the cool things. We're going to give you Jesus. We're going to believe that the presence of God is the only thing that can transform lives. We believe that the gospel is real. We believe that hearts can transform. We believe that miracles can happen. We believe that families can be restored. We believe in discipleship, and we believe that Jesus can do these things in our time. Come on, if you're with me, just give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, good stuff. So can we just pray real quick, and then we're going to jump in. Just put your hands out in front of you. Just a posture of, hey, I'm in this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm open. Holy Spirit, we just want more of you. So Holy Ghost, we just pray that this would not be just a one-off. But God, you would continue to invade our lives and invade our church and invade our families. And that you would have the preeminence in our lives. You would have the priority that we would be a people that are about you, and so we welcome you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Good stuff, good stuff. Hey, good stuff. All right, so hey, before we get into the message, I got an announcement to make, and it's a pretty big one, and even myself, I'm like, I don't even want to make this announcement, but God's like, you got to make this announcement, so I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to make the announcement. Before we do that, though, do me a favor. Can we welcome everyone online real quick? Come on. Thank you for joining us. So good to have you. I pray to Jesus you weren't driving and watching this service. Some of y'all had to maybe pull over. So I know I would have. If I would if I was in it on, at home, I would have been like, I ain't gonna make it. I gotta pull over real quick before I someone cops pull me over for DUI, but it's not that. It's like the Holy Ghost, you know, and I just I gotta simmer down. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, welcome. So glad to have you with us. I'm so grateful. And then if you want to share it on Facebook, you can. You can share the service on Facebook, on YouTube. You never know who's watching, man. You never know who needs to hear what God's speaking today. Hey, so quick announcement. Um, wanted to let you know a big update, and we're so excited for this. It's a good announcement. How many of you know, like today, God's just moving in this place? Our church is moving. Um, we, we are just growing. God is just moving spiritually. God is just moving internally. There's a lot of depth happening. There's a lot of brokenness, getting healed. Uh, people are coming back home to, to experience Jesus. And that's our vision of this house is to experience Jesus, is to love others, and to heal the world. We believe that that is the DNA of this place. And so with that, what we were praying about this week is would uh, the home church, we were going to do home church. So in a few weeks, we're going to get kicked out of this building because they're going to finish the remodel. And I want you to know that, thank God we're doing this remodel. Because if we weren't doing this remodel, we would, go, we would be going to four services. Like we're there. Like, we're already there. A lot of people who used to come to 1030 are going to 9 because there's not even enough room at 1030. And, and it's just so cool to see God moving. And the question we had is, would that get in the way? Would home church, although we thought it was a good idea, get in the way of the mission of what God's doing and the momentum that God's bringing right now? All that to say, we felt like the answer was yes. And so as a team, we pivoted. The leadership of the house decided to change the plan. And what we're going to do is instead of doing church online and at homes and merging that spring group session at homes, all that stuff that we've been announcing, um, we're going to change it and we're going to rent a different venue and continue live services somewhere else. Okay? That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. And so we're working in a couple places. We think it's going to be one of the schools in Lathrop, but we got to confirm some things. And I'm just so excited. So we're going to continue live services. We don't know how many yet. We don't know if it's one or two. Hopefully not three. We'll try to stick with two for the team's sake. But hey, we'll do what we need to do because the momentum that God is doing right now. So, so I need, I'm asking you for two things, okay? Now, this isn't like most of the time when I preach, I preach the word. 
and uh, or the pastors on the team, the leadership of the team will preach the, from this Bible, will preach this word, and we will let God and the Holy Spirit convict you, right? We're not just telling you what to do. We're letting the Holy Spirit kind of do what he needs to do. I'm not doing that in this moment. As your pastor, I need you to do this for me, okay? I need you. I'm asking you for not a favor because that sounds weird. I need you to, like, buy into this, okay? This is what I need you to do. I need you to do two things. Number one, we're going to still do a small group session this session because we're not merging small groups in Sunday. So if you would like to lead a home group, okay, if you would like to lead a home group, you can sign up to lead a home group in the lobby, all right? If you don't want to, that's okay, but we still want you and in a group in this session because we believe that that's where discipleship and relationship takes place. Does that sound good? Okay, that's like a small ask. That's part of what we do in the house. That's normal. Here's the big ask. Here's number two. Ready? Ready? I need you to like... Turn it up and reach as many people for Jesus as possible. I'm serious. And this is why. We as a team, in some ways, have been saying, well, we'll wait to grow until the building's done. Because, right, we don't have the room. We don't have the room. And now that we're going to be in a different venue, now that we're going to go to the high school or one of the schools, right, we're looking at one of the locations, we're going to go to a school, now that we're going to go to a different school, and we're going to have a bigger venue, I just sense this urgency in my heart that we need to go for it and reach people for Jesus, okay? And what do I mean by that? I need us as a house to not just go to church, but be the church. So I'm not going to wait, we're not going to wait to grow, we're not going to wait to reach people, I need you to turn on your missional, your missionary, evangelist. Your, your, you, you need to start talking to people. We need to start inviting friends. We need to start owning it because it is not my job to reach the city. It is our job to reach the city. And I just want to believe that what if this is the opportunity that before we even get in this building, God is actually positioning us to push back darkness, to reach lost people, to believe that prodigals are going to go home, to believe that people are going to get saved, healed, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost. Like, I just believe that let's do it now. Now. All right? And I need you to do it with us. We need to do it together. And the best way to do it is you have to invite them. Come on. That's good. No, I'm telling you, more than the Facebook ads and the sign on the freeway and all the stuff, if you invite them to church, chances are they might show up. Especially that it's not at a church, it's the best opportunity. Guys, let's blow it up for Jesus. Let's not blow it up because we want cool. We want a bunch of people and some connect cards. No, 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 no. Let's blow it up because we would believe that people we know need to experience what we just had, what happened in this service. We need to experience the presence and the power of God in their life today. So I need you to, and us together, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm, I'm talking as us, as collectively. Like for me, even I'm thinking to myself, I just started that new gym in Lathrop. Bruh, I'm going to start telling people, hey, you need to come church with me. As they, as they, as they get in swole, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be like, I'm, I'm gonna be like, you're getting swole, but your heart is weak. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> I'll be like, you need some real steroids of the spirit. No, that's super cheesy and weird, and that's just gross. Mac and cheese church, cheesy church. We're not doing that. Um, no, no, but like, as a team, here <laughs> we are. We got the space. Why not? Why not? Why not? I, I just, I just, can we just make the devil mad before we get in the building? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we just go for it? Okay? So I want to believe that in this season, that's what God's going to do. That's what God's going to do. So can, can you do me a favor? Can you start to stir your heart up for that? And let's believe. Let's invite 
I want you to invite three to five people every Sunday. Just invite. I want you to annoyingly bug people. I want you to get there. Because some of you have never invited church or ho- someone to church your whole life. Let's break the consumer mentality and let's actually be the church in the season. Does that sound good? Can we just, if you agree with me, just give it up. Come on. Let's just thank Jesus for what he's doing in this season. Great stuff. All right. All right. So let's do this. Let's jump into the message. Everybody stand up. Come on. Everybody stand on your feet. I got 13 minutes. I feel so bad if you're here for the first time because I talk so fast. Please come back next week. Yo. All right. I just, I don't need to stop rambling. Now it's 12 minutes. I need to lock this in. Hey, we're going to start a new series entitled If. Everybody say If. Yeah. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a series for the next eight weeks on prayer. And we're actually going to do it on this one verse. We're going to go through one verse for seven to eight weeks. Amen. And I believe that what that's going to do is that's going to instill in us, this is my prayer, is that we would begin to be catalyzed and launched into becoming a praying church like never before. I want the spirit and the passion of prayer to grip your heart. I want you to feel after you leave these Sundays, and whether you're online or in the room or whatever, that you are now being stirred in your heart to grow deeper in your walk with Jesus in the place of prayer like never before. And listen, we're going to do one verse. So we're going to read this verse every week. And I'm telling you, by the end of this time, if you do not memorize this verse, I'm just saying we're going to pray for you. Your kids, this is their memory verse. Pastor Dylan's like, we're going to do the same thing in kids. We're going to talk about that verse, and we're going to do a memory verse, and the kids are going to remember it, and they're going to get tickets for, like, snacks and stuff. And so I'm just saying, if your kids know the Bible more than you do, y'all, some of y'all, you got to get your life right. I'm just saying. Don't do that. Don't be those parents. I'm just saying. But we're going to lock into this verse, and I believe this verse is going to catalyze us. It's going to launch us into really becoming in a deeper way, right? It's always, it's always a process, but a deeper way into saying, God, stir my heart for you in the place of prayer. Sound good? Amen. So let's read it, and uh, I'll just read it to you, and we'll go right into it. It says this. It says, if my people, everybody say if. If, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, let this word penetrate our hearts. Continue to do what you're doing. You have the room. Let me get out of the way and let you speak to your people. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. All right. So today, I want to launch the series with this topic. I want to talk about our identity in prayer. And the reason I want to talk about identity in prayer is because I believe this is very much the reason why we do not go into the place of prayer. And I want to start it off with this statement that I believe is so true for anyone today, especially if you are really kind of struggling in your prayer life, if you're really struggling in following Jesus, if you're really struggling in allowing yourself to grow into a deeper relationship with God. See, the beautiful thing about prayer is prayer is not something you do on Sundays. It's a part of your life. And I want you to understand that you have been saved into a gospel that God wants all of you, not just your Sunday. And one of the quickest, easiest, fastest, most efficient, and beautiful ways we can give all to Jesus, we can give all to God, is we begin to position ourselves and begin to stir our hearts to pray and to worship and to go after Jesus, not just when people are around, but when it's just us and God by ourselves. I want to talk about what I believe one of the barriers is to that. And I believe that's because we have an identity crisis. 
And what do I mean by an identity crisis? I'm going to give you our three points right off the bat, right away. And I believe that in these three points, God's going to begin to work something in your heart. I believe that's why you're here. I believe God brought you here for a reason. Number one is that we do not understand who we are praying to. I believe the reason why we struggle with the place of prayer, we struggle with starting a prayer life, we, start a, we struggle with consistently going after Jesus in our own interior life, in the invisible places of our heart, is because we do not understand who we're praying to. We don't understand who God is. Number two is that we don't understand, we do not understand who we are. You don't understand how God saved you. You don't understand your identity. You don't understand your access. You don't understand what God has actually done in your life, therefore, which has given you permission to have access to the Father. And then number three is we don't understand the relationship. We don't understand what this relationship even means and the parameters within the relationship. So let's kind of break these down for the first couple minutes of this, and then we're going to jump right in, and then we'll let you guys go in just, in just a little bit. But first off, let's start with number one. We do not understand who we're praying to. And I believe that wholeheartedly, that sometimes the reason why we don't pray and we don't have a heart for prayer is we don't understand who we're talking to. Let me give you an example. I don't know about you, but when I first got married, I got introduced to a whole bunch of new stuff. Because how I many you know when you get married, like you got to kind of have someone else's life in your life. Now, growing up, I want to explain Growing up, I didn't really have family. I didn't have a lot of family. I, we, were, we were small. We're kind of like the black sheep of our family. And so when I got married to Vanessa, honestly, not even when I got married, when I got engaged to Vanessa, I didn't have any family, but Vanessa is related to all of Northern California. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. Real talk. Like, I feel like I, I just meet people at Target, and they're like, oh, that's your cousin. I'm like, it is? It's just Everyone. And I don't understand that because I didn't grow up in that. I tell my kids, I tell Nessa that, hey, we're going to tell our kids. We're going to tell Zadok and we're going to tell Sami they can't date anyone in Northern California. <laughs> they got to find some white girl in Australia or someone from Asia or something. And then and I don't care where they come from. I'm not saying I'm not picking races. I'm just saying. And even then, if we 23 and me it, we're probably related. I'm just saying like just that's how many people Nessa's related to Mexicans. Right. Come on. Let's be honest. They just have a heck of kids. And I just didn't grow up in that. And so, you know what the worst thing was? Is because she was related to so many people that what I had to do is I'd have to go to weddings and funerals. And I didn't grow up going to weddings and funerals. And you know what's the worst thing about weddings and funerals? When you go and you don't know anybody. It's so awkward. And then, like, people are coming up to me like my family, like my cousins, and, like, I'm t I kid you not, I have so many cousins that are in this church that are not by blood, they're by marriage. They sing on stage, they lead the Connect team, they lead in kids. I bet I have one cousin every Sunday on one team. I'm being honest. <laughs> being honest. Right, Steffi? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Steffi's my cousin. She just sang. She killed it. <laughs> they're like, that's your cousin? Yes, yeah, my cousin. And so I'd have to, I would meet these cousins at funerals. So awkward. Be like, hey, th Chris, this is your cousin. And like, there's this weird expectation that now I'm supposed to know them in a real way because I'm related, but I don't know these people. And now I'm stuck having awkward conversations. Have you ever got stuck having an awkward conversation with people, whether it's at a funeral, a wedding, a party, and like you're talking about dumb stuff like the weather? <laughs> or if the Raiders and the, the Niners lost? Like, that's how you know you have nothing to talk about. <laughs> Just awkward. 
And, and why I share that story is because oftentimes, let's be honest, that's how we are with Jesus. We go to prayer and it's awkward. And I want to tell you the reason why it's awkward is because you don't know who you're talking to. Wow, that's good. Come on. Because if you knew who you were talking to, the awkwardness would go away. It's kind of like when you have a best friend and you haven't talked for ages, and then the minute you start talking, you just picked up where you left off. It was like you guys never stopped talking. Right, right. That's how it needs to be. I get at first, it can be awkward for sure, but what I want to tell you is that if you were to understand the level of who God is, if you were to understand who God really is in your life, if you were to understand how much he loves you, if you were to understand who you're talking to, I believe that in those moments, God would begin to melt away the awkwardness so that way you would begin to grow deeper with him. And sometimes the only way to do that is you just got to start talking. And you got to start praying. And you got to start spending time with God. Because when you start spending time with God, you begin to know who he is. Family, I want you to know that God wants you to know who he is. Do you not know that he's the God of the universe? Do you not know that he's the guy who tells the sand and the seas where to start and to stop? Do you not know this is the God who tells the mountains how high and the valleys how low? That he's the God who tells the planets where to orbit. He's the God who puts the stars where they need to be. He's the God who died for you. He's the God that rose again. He's the God who decides who you're going to look like, how you're going to be. He's the God where everything is centered around him, that he's in heaven. And can I tell you that this God of the universe, this extraordinary, amazing, powerful, omnipresent, meaning he's all powerful. He's every omnipresent means he's everywhere. Omnipowerful means he's all powerful. He's all knowing this God who is greater than anything we could ever imagine wants to talk to you in your car on a Tuesday. He wants to spend time with you by yourself. He cares about what you're going through and he wants you to talk with him. He wants you to pray with him. He wants you to spend time with him. He wants you to learn about him in his word. He wants you to go deep in him. And I just think, man, if I only knew who God really was, then shouldn't that begin to propel and catalyze and, and revive something, right? Ignite something in my heart to go after Jesus. Family, I believe this is the season where God doesn't want you to just have Christianity on Sunday, but he wants to invade every part of your life. Pastor Matt said that on stage. Pastor Corey says that on stage. We've had a ton of people say that on stage. And I believe that it's true today that if you would acknowledge that, God, I need to know you. And I want to know you in a real way. And I'm going to push past the awkwardness. I want to know the Father. Family, I want to believe that this house would be a house that would know the Father. That would know God. That would know the kindness of God. The mercy of God. The grace of God. The anger of God. The jealousy of God. The, the power of God, right? Who God is, what he looks like, how he feels, where he's in heaven. I want to know about God. I want to know about Jesus. I want to know about the Messiah. I want to know about the man who walked on water and raised people from the dead that heals the sick and casts out demons. I want to know this Jesus who heals and sets free and restores. I want to know about this Messiah who died for me. I want to know about this man who decided to get lashed and beaten and torn just for me. I want to know about this man who on the third day rose from the day from the grave and one day
day he's coming back. I want to know about the Holy Spirit. I want to know about how he's the comforter, how he's with us, how he lives inside me, how his presence comes, how he's always with us and he's never going to leave us, how he's our paraclete, the guy that's in front of us, behind us, to the side of us. I want to know the Trinity in its fullness. I want to know who God is, family. Can you let your heart be stirred today in the place of prayer that you would say, I want to know God. Because what does it matter if we do good church and people don't know God? I don't care that you know me or Juan or someone's. I don't don't care if you don't know God. And the beautiful thing about prayer is prayer is Prayer is the fastest method. Prayer, your life, your interior life, your, you know, whether it's, however you want to pray, I don't care, but it's the fastest method to get to know this guy who rescued me. Because I can't give you what God's given me when I'm by myself with him. Number two, you need to understand who you are. Do you understand that you were purchased? Do you understand that God paid for you? Do you understand that even in your brokenness and your sin and your shame, God paid the price so you can sit at the table? Don't you know that God has given you access to something you don't deserve and that's called grace? Don't you know that he calls you son and he calls you daughter? It doesn't matter if you had a mother or father in your life. He calls you son and he calls you daughter. Don't you know that he calls you bride? He calls you the greatest love of his life. This is all in the Bible. You can fact check me on it. I'm cool with it. He calls you bride. He calls you the love of his life. Don't you know that he calls you to be a bond servant or a slave? I know that sounds intense, but it's true because he, your identity in him is to surrender your old self and to lay your rights down and to give them to Jesus. Don't you know that in the Bible, it speaks about who you are and it speaks about the level of access you have and you need to understand that sometimes the reason why we don't go to Jesus the reason why we don't grow deeper in Jesus the reason why we don't start um, really going after God is because not because we don't know who God is but we think less of ourselves and I'm just believing that in this season aren't you tired of comparing yourself aren't you tired of letting insecurity run your life Aren't you tired of watching TikTok, 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 TikTok's not real. Don't start Googling TikTok. Yo, take that off online. Edit it out, edit it out. Aren't you done, right? Comparing yourself on TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and trying to be someone you're not because can I tell you that the only way God can begin to grow in the invisible part of your life is that if he has the real you. I said this quote last year. We did a whole message on identity, and you can go back to it on our, on our, on our channel, our podcast. It, it was happened last year, but there's a quote that a guy named Brendan Manning says, and it's so good. He says that there's the real you, and then there's the you that everyone else sees. And can I tell you that God will not have a real conversation with a facade of you. He will only build on the authentic you. Don't you know? you have access don't you know who you are and if you don't know who you are we got to learn who we are because what can't happen 
And this is just like everything in general, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, like, not even prayer, but like church, small group, serving. And look, I'm not saying you should sin. Don't sin. Don't be dumb. Okay? Don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't be all like, well, he's just like a grace preacher. Like, bro, stop it. But sometimes what we do is we approach God based on our merit and our activity versus what he's done for us. Can I tell you, you need to stop doing that because if it was ever on your own merit, so this is what we do. We, we say, well, God, I shouldn't come to church today because I messed up. And you know what? Some of that's true. I'm glad you feel convicted you messed up, but it also doesn't mean that God doesn't want to get a hold of you and do something real in your life. So we'll do, right, church, prayer, small, I can't, I can't do that because of this and that and da-da-da. And what you're doing is you're making excuses. And what you're actually doing, hey, let me, let me hit this for someone in the room that maybe not like it, but hey, I love you. You're enabling your sinful behavior instead of confronting the issue and letting God heal you through his presence in the body. Because what you're doing is, oh, well, I messed up. You're giving more authority to the enemy in your sin by allowing him to take you out of the very thing that's actually going to heal you. That's like being diabetic and you ate a bunch of brownies and you're like, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm going to suffer on my own. And you're having a diabetic episode of all the brownies you ate. And no doctor's going to be like, I'm not going to not help you. But the doctor's going to tell you, stop eating brownies, bro. <laughs> Hopefully no one's diabetic in here and got offended. But hey, that was just the example that came to my head. I'm telling y'all, we're treating this like first service right now. I'm just saying, just saying things. But isn't that true, right? Don't you know that God wants to heal and set free and deliver you, but he can't do that unless you give him access. You can't do that unless you go after him. And what you do is you use your old behavior on your own identity, and instead of functioning in the identity that God called you to, you're functioning in the identity that you decided you want to be, and from that you disconnect yourself from God, and then no wonder your life's a mess. But can I tell you, there's freedom and healing because if you would understand, even when you mess up, you remind yourself, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm called to follow Jesus, I'm a disciple, I'm a friend of God, I am someone who Jesus loves, I am the love of his life, I'm a soldier in this kingdom, I'm a bond servant to Jesus, he has me, he has my heart, he has won me, he's my king, and I can go to him even when something's wrong. Yeah. Don't let the barrier of your past determine the level of depth in your now. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't let the barrier of your past determine the level of depth that Jesus wants to do in your life today, especially in the place of prayer. Begin to let God heal you of the insecurities and the comparison and even the sin. Let him do it. Let him get rid of it. Bring it to his feet. You need to know who you are, right? I just think, right, Lion King, right? Remember who you are. Come on, Mufasa. Yeah? Some of y'all need to have a Mufasa moment with God. You know what I'm saying? You need to remember who you are. When I talk to Zadok, when we go, right, he's playing basketball and pray for me because they still don't keep score, so I don't... Don't even know what's going on in these streets. Like, it's basketball. Let them keep score. If they fail, they fail. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? Right, Thomas? Thank you, friend. <laughs> Thomas helped me with my son's baseball team, and they still didn't keep score, so we're praying for each other. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. It's, I just think God's doing something in me to learn patience or whatever. I don't know, but 
when I, when I tell him, I say, son, we, we're different. Not because he's a pastor's kid. I don't care. But it's because we follow Jesus. We're priests. We follow God. We're sons. You're a son to me and I'm a son to him. And that means you're a son to him too. We talk different. We act different. We speak different. We go after God different. We live different. You need to know who you are. It's an expectation. Can I tell you, that's a healthy expectation. And if God's in this season right now challenging you in that, let him keep doing it. Because you need to shift what you think you are and become who he said you are. Number three. I'm going to close with this one. We don't understand the relationship. Some of y'all, some of us, we need to have a DTR with Jesus. Do you know what that means? Some, anybody? DTR. Come on now. Defining the relationship. I said that at 9 a.m. and like no one knew what that meant, so it's okay. DTR. You got to define the relationship. I don't know if you've ever been dating someone in the past and they thought you were cute and you, or you thought they were cute and they try to get too close and you're like, hey man, I'm going to put you in the friend zone. We got to DTR this relationship. And it doesn't even have to do with dating. You, just sometimes you got to spend time with people, right? Because some people think like they're closer to you than what they are. And you're like, hey, man, let's set some boundaries up. Yeah. I know you're my cousin, but you ain't that close. <laughs> like you don't get to eat all the food in my fridge. You know what I'm saying? Like you got you to gotta DTR. You got to define the relationship. You got to define the relationship. And I think God in certain season needs to define the relationship with us. I think some of us treat God too lax. He's not your homeboy. He's not. He's your friend, but he's not your homeboy. Some of us need to understand who we are in the relationship. Do you, have, you need to understand, in 2 Chronicles, it says this. It says, if my people, everybody say my people, my people. who are called by my name, say my name. my name. Do you understand that your identity is connected not by who you are, but who you are in him? Yeah. Do you understand that the relationship determines your identity? Oh, you didn't get that. You didn't, you didn't get that because if you got that pff, the relationship determines your identity so some of you the reason why you're having identity issues is because you're in the wrong relationship you're in, the rela- you're in a relationship with sin you're in the relationship with idols you're in the relationship with your job you're, you're, you, you are too deep in one relationship and you are not allowing the main relationship which is your relationship with Jesus to define actually who you are and so here's a perfect example. If you grew up without a dad, you think you're an orphan because you are letting that relationship determine who you are. But Jesus saves you, heals you, calls you a son. And based on that relationship, now your identity is sonship. But you're not allowing the identity of sonship to take place in your life because you're still living off of a previous relationship. And someone else's relationship is defining who you are. I know I said that fast, but does that make sense? Yeah. You need a DTR with God, meaning God, who are you? Who am I? How does this fit in? Because can I tell you, you don't have a relationship with God without God. You could have never earned it. You could have never deserved it. You could have never got there. You're not that good. You'll never be that good. But God's good and kind and gracious and merciful who died while we were sinners, how Romans says, who resurrected while we were sinners, like Romans said, who in Ephesians says that he tore the wall of hostility between us and Jesus so that we can now have access to the Father, how it says in Ephesians 2, how in Philippians 2, how it says that he died and became like us so that way he could be in the form of a servant, so that way we can have glory and access to the Father. Do you understand that the relationship is connected to who God is? And we need to check ourselves in that relationship. Because if we don't understand the relationship, then we think 
that the requirements of the relationship are not necessary. I want you to understand that prayer is the privilege of sons, but is also the test of sonship. Meaning, that is the greatest privilege. We get to pray to God. Come on. God wants to talk to us on a normal day. But when God looks throughout the earth as well and sees whose real heart is really his, it's connected to prayer as well. It is the great blessing and the great burden of the saints of Jesus is to allow your heart to be stirred in the place of worship and prayer. Because God wants us, man. I'm going to close with this story and I'm going to let you go. I get three closings, okay? Everybody knows that. That's the typical church pastor thing, three closings. Um, I, I, was, I was hanging out with Zadok earlier this week, and, and Zadok's in this really cool season where uh, God's just like winning his heart. It's really cool when your kids start loving God. Like, it's not a me thing. It's like God's doing something real deep in his life. He's like in love with Jesus right now. It's really, really cool. Um, so the other day, like a couple months ago, he told me, Dad, I want to be a worship pastor when I grow up. And I was like, okay. I don't know if he's going to make it on the team with Pastor Juan. I don't know. He's got to still try out, and he doesn't get special privilege. We, we got to get him right. We got to get him right. But he says, he says, I want to be a worship pastor like you, Dad, or a pastor like you, Dad, but he wants to do worship. And I want to be an engineer like Papa because his grandpa's an engineer. And I'm like, boy, go for it. Go make that money. Let's go. Because I'm not saying pastors are broke, but let, let's just be real. No one's getting rich in ministry. I'm just saying... Yeah, he tells me when he gets older, he's going to buy me a Tesla. And I'm like, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Father, yes. Your promises are yes and amen. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> so Zadok wants to be a worship pastor. And I'm like, cool. So the other day, he comes into the room. So this is what I told him like a few months ago. I was like, okay, if you want to be a worship pastor, you need to learn to worship Jesus on your own. Because you cannot lead people in worship if you don't know how to lead yourself in worship and connect with God. He's five. I don't care. He needs to learn. And so he comes to me this week and he says, Dad, I'm ready. And I'm like, what do you mean you're ready? Like, I'm just chilling at the house. He's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be a worship pastor. I'm like, oh, you are? And he's like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to be a worship pastor. I'm like, why? He's like, because I know how to sing these songs. And when I sing them, I know God hears me. And I feel his presence, and I know I can do it to other people. So, so, so I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> I was like, let's sing right now, right? I put him on the spot. Let's sing right now. So he starts singing. I don't even know the song he's singing. He starts singing it, and then he starts getting nervous. I'm like, son, don't be nervous. And he goes, no, dad, I don't want to sing no more. Forget it. I don't want to sing no more. I'm like, son, come on, let's sing. I want to hear you sing the song. Sing the song, Zadok. And he's like, no, dad, I don't want to sing. And I was like, why don't you want to sing? He's like, because you're the lead pastor, dad. <laughs> like as if I'm going to like kick him off the worship team today or something. <laughs> I said, son, sing. And he's like, no, 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 no. How about, he's like, why don't we put the song on your phone and I'll sing with the guy. I said, okay. So I find the song on my phone. I don't even remember. And he starts singing and he starts singing a little bit. I told him, close his eyes, lift up your hands. I'm going to do the same. Let's worship together. And we're doing this. And, um, and then he just stopped singing. And, he, and I was like, son, why'd you stop singing? And he's like, because like the guy is better than me, which is, which is true. I'm just going to be honest. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm glad he's real. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, 
I think the guy's Brandon Lake, like Brandon Lake's fire. I'm just like, he has fire vocals and Zadok, we're working on it, okay? But I told Zadok, I said, son, I don't care to hear Brandon Lake. I want to hear you. I want to hear you because you're my son. I didn't care about the gifting he had. What I cared about the re- is the relationship we had together. And I want you to understand this, that when we're talking about the place of worship and the place of prayer, the place of going after Jesus, God is not interested in your gifting. He's interested in the relationship. I wanted to hear Zadok worship, not because he was a good worship leader, but because he was my son. And in that place, that was the priority. I want you to understand that the priority of Jesus in the place of prayer is your relationship with him, not your gifting, because your gifting cannot take you where your heart can go. And why do I share that story? Because there's some of you today, before we close, would say, but I just can't pray. I just can't worship. Don't you know how much God wants this? He wants to hear you. I know there's people that can sing better than you. I know there's people that can pray better than you. I know there's better Christians than you. That doesn't matter to Jesus. What matters to Jesus is you start doing it because it moves his heart when you do. Stand your feet with me. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.